episode 223 of the Saturn Studs podcast. I'm Kurt, joined once again by my galactic co-hosts, Peter and Jake. This week we're coming at you with the 4 a.m. Thunderstorms edition of the cast. That's right, being on the top floor of a metal building was not fun last night. <laughs> I'm sorry, Peter. Oh. some issues last night? I did not sleep well. <laughs> That's rough. That's rough, buddy. I'm sorry about that. That's rough, buddy. And of course, as always, we're coming at you live from the Lost Galaxy. <laughs> Turn on the power. Power Rangers, Lost Galaxy. Yes, we've we've dusted off this series. You, you forgot about Fling <laughs> featuring Power Rangers. <laughs> uh, we've been doing retrospectives on all these seasons dating back to like 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, we skipped Zio and uh, Turbo for no real good reasons. It's just when we resurrected this series in '90s winter, we did it in space, and we're continuing onward through here. So we did Lost Galaxy today, and sometime in the future there will be a Lightspeed Rescue review, and so on and so forth, until we reach the Neo Saban era, and we'll just skip that because it's trash. Hey, buddy. <laughs> yep. Um, maybe Dino Church, but. That's that's way down the line. We got a lot to get through yeah, it, before we get to that. I, I I do have to say it's it's really interesting from somebody who's not personally that invested into Power Rangers, and I think I stopped at a, a young age watching yeah. Power Rangers. Jake going back on it, it's very entertaining to see some of the. The stuff that they pull in the in the show, and I'm like, wait, are they supposed to look like people in suits? What's going on here? Yeah. Oh yeah. What's going on? Wait, what the fuck? There was a lot. Is that I motorcycle did say that a lot in this show? Was... Is that Mantis riding a motorcycle? This His show... name is Motor Mantis. Show made me feel a lot of emotions, <laughs> like on the whole the whole range, like. My arms are spread wide to indicate the <laughs> the breadth of emotions that I felt watching this season. This was certainly uh, a uh, season powerful with with emotions. There were a lot of uh, the theme of sacrifice was abundant mm-hmm. oh, in yeah. the season, and uh, it led to many a a, a a straining moment on yield heartstrings. But we will discuss that in full. At the uh, conclusion of the, or towards the conclusion of the episode, as per usual, we begin as we usually do with Trey Watch or Trailer Roundup segment. We watch the trailer so you don't have to. Uh, and as bad as last week was, uh, this week has redeemed itself because there are a number of movies that I think look legitimately quite good. Um, and then and some others. I guess there are some there are some some misses. <laughs> let's let's start with the misses. Uh we've got the Helen Reedy biopic I Am Woman uh which was so over the top with its uh messaging, I guess you would call it, that movie clips trailers had to turn off the comments on the video. No way, really? <laughs> really? That's awesome. <laughs> wow, 
It is currently sitting at 850 oh. likes to 1.3,000 oh, yeah. dislikes. Wow. So pretty balanced, all things considered. But I guess the <laughs> comments uh, were a bit of a hornet's nest. Personally, I, I don't think it looks great. I don't know a whole lot of Helen and Reddy's story, but is basically in the trailer they show... Uh, it was like the the highlight reel of uh, feminist talking points. Like yeah. the, the feminist talking points play their hits was <laughs> basically this trailer. I mean, right in the beginning, we have we have the, uh, the the nightclub manager sifting through some money, being like, "Hey, toots, here's the money," and she's like, "Well, it's this is less, less than, than the men got. The well, men. they got families to feed, bitch. They got children and wives." <laughs> And she's like, "You're a pig." It's like, "Well, oink oink, lady." <laughs> oink, oink, oh, excuse me, while I go upstairs and stand on this glass ceiling. Now get out of here while I do some cocaine. Capitalism, ain't it a bitch? <laughs> uh, yeah, and then it, it gets worse from there to the point where I just kind of skipped around the trailer to see uh if there was anything worth talking about. But no, not really. That's pretty much all the trailer is and there's very little about Helen Reedy and her life and personal <laughs> personal uh challenges it was basically all uh, a societal thing so um if you're looking for an in-depth biopic on the woman herself uh perhaps you will still be waiting if the, mm-hmm. the trailer is any indication so yeah. that was the one that was like eh skip it yeah, I'm, I'm also wondering if um uh, wondering if there was like a lot of like historical inaccuracies with the trailer, and that's why people are like being pissed off. Because look Perhaps. at these biopics; they're they're pretty much known for stretching the truth. Yeah, yes. the Curie one <laughs> was yes. basically, uh, yeah, Curie and Hidden Figures are the two more recent ones that I remember, kind of stretching the uh, oppression angle. Mm-hmm. Which well, I think these just... people have interesting enough, especially uh, Marie Curie, has had an interesting enough life where you don't have to, like, lean into that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's all there. Just, just you know, you don't have to zazz it up. You don't have to judge it up. Uh, yeah. Same sort of thing here with a um, trailer I got, which I guess falls victim to uh at least in my at least in my perspective to the context of biopics and that's judas and the black messiah which is about the assassination of fred hampton who was the was a chairman of the black panther party when they were in prominence um so like i i would hope that i could watch this movie and go in and get a solid idea of what actually happened and what this whole story was about because i honestly don't know a lot about it but i feel like between the embellishments that uh biopics give and the fact that this is coming out now and what i would guess is an attempt to just uh i feel like not cash in on the times not that cynical but uh they're like this is the time to do it let's put it out now um I just, this thing, I can just feel, like, the waves of, like, bias coming off of this, where I'm like, no matter what it says, I have no idea if that's going to be what's uh, what I'm actually going to get out of this, or if I'm just going to get some sort of spin. 
Well, judging by the like to dislike ratio on this trailer, which is 4.2 thousand likes to 437 dislikes, I'd say it at least has a greater root in reality. Uh, comments are enabled and they seem positive. And a comment section that's actually on point. Yeah, I, I, available. I think this movie looks pretty good, to be honest yeah. with you. It's yeah, got Wakanda the guy looks from... really good. Um, <laughs> I think it's riding the coattails of... Uh, Black Panther a little bit, but whatever. Um, Marvel's doing their own thing. <laughs> Fred Hampton kind of feels like a supporting character in his own movie, which is interesting. Um, but it's it's cool. It it seems like they uh, they bring a guy in on charges and they basically conduct a sting operation uh, where he infiltrates the Black Fred Hampton's Black Panther chapter. And uh, he's conflicted. I guess the idea is that he's there to gather intel so they can pull off the assassination. And he's conflicted about whether or not he should do it. He's the Judas in this situation, Fred Hampton being the Black Messiah. And I think this movie looks quite, quite good. The acting performances look good. The trailer was cut very well. It didn't give too much away. It explained the premise just enough. And uh, it left me wanting to see it. So kudos to everyone involved in this for producing you know a trailer and not a two-minute supercut of the movie mm-hmm. yes i appreciate that because um oh what else what did oh yes i know what trailer i saw that was a two minute 30 second s- synopsis of the whole movie uh red shoes in the seven dwarves i coming that straight one. from the from the dollar aisle at, at your grocery store um straight out of that bin (laughs) i think you should give this a just a quick look through here it's i don't know a decade late for dreamworks oh my god you know it's like someone is this dreamworks no this is lion's gate like a year ago oh of course lion's gate they're like oh someone just wakes up from one of their coke coke uh binges and like shrek guys shrek like it's it's not even like a i guess shrek is too too good of a praise for it like shrek implies that this will be a pop culture jokey takedown of of um like fairy tale movies but this is just like a it's just got quote comedy unquote and lots of stars just just shoved in there how many can we get hey guys can we get patrick warburton let's get patrick warburton in here he'll do a fucking he'll do a voice (laughs) he needs to get paid over quarantine let's get him in here yeah i i watched the first few i watched the first 57 seconds of the trailer and i i feel i know enough um is it significant that she was fat until she put the shoes on and then she was I skinny know. i know that like, there's a youtuber i i there's a youtuber i casually watch saber spark and he did a whole like episode on this thing so i guess go watch that instead but like <laughs> i don't know this seems like one of those projects yeah. that just sort of like a weird zombie frankenstein's monster project that they're just like yeah trying to cash in on some trends you know or, kids movies or complete an ip that maybe was came up and started a while ago i don't know yeah perhaps it's been in development hell for a while but uh how this fucking escaped well lionsgate i guess that makes sense yeah 
my my most reviled line in this trailer is the the dwarves um, are making fun of the evil prince. Now remember, in Shrek we had Lord Farquaad, which was a lovely veiled uh, fuckwad joke, and everyone thought that was very clever and very fun. Um, <laughs> but in this one, the one of the goblins goes, "Oh, it's Prince Average," and the prince goes, "No, it's it's Average." And I, ha. I oh. lost my pinky toe. It just popped off and ran away from that. I, I'm still looking for it. In fact. Jesus. Um. Uh, so now for maybe some movies that look a little bit better. Um. I don't know which one of these maybe, Kurt was saying was the the hits, but I'll take a shot in the dark and critical Fair thinking. Uh, yes, critical thinking looks quite good. Um, yeah. John Leguizamo, uh, I believe this is his directorial debut, or at least it's the first movie I can remember him being credited as a director on. And it's about, um, I would say, kind of like an inner city outreach, but it's a mix of kids yeah. from different sort of like socioeconomic backgrounds. And they're in the chess club, and, uh, you know, they make it to whatever regional tournament, and uh, they get pushed back from the administration for funding to go to it but he piles them in a station wagon and they go anywhere and it's a uh, story about pulling yourself up and making yourself making something out of yourself and now you know we're all equal over the chessboard it looks really good actually yeah. i yeah. think john legazamo i've never really seen him in a dramatic role before but looks like he's bringing it to this obviously it's his own project he cares a lot about it so classic uh, sports mind. movie sort of uh, setup here yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's her classic sports movie setup, but like with with chess clubs. With chess. Like, chess. Um, notably, um, I should know because this will come up later. Is that uh, this was made by Vertical, I believe. This was the studio that that had this happen, and I only say that because another yeah. trailer that we're going to watch or we're going to talk about a little later is also made by Vertical. So they this they might be taking this opportunity like. I don't know. Let's see. Vertical, Vertical Studios. Let's see where so they're this located. This is actually based on a true story of the Miami Jackson High School chess team, which was the first inner city team to win the U.S. National tra- Chess Championship. Spoiler oh, nice. alert, they win. <laughs> yeah, and no, I think it's a good message. I've always liked chess, and uh, oh. I'm not, not the best at it, but you know what? I know how to play. And uh, I'm not the best at chess. Cool. I used to be good at chess, but I've forgotten all the the tricks and strategies to it. Yeah. I know you can castle, and sometimes that's an okay thing to do. Or is it <laughs> castle? Is that what it is? It's called the piece is called a rook. No, no, you can uh, castle. Oh, when uh, you switch move. your you switch the your king, king and, and the rook, and yeah. swap them side by side. It's called castle. There's also another weird, really strange move with the pawn and where you move them. Yes. Yes, you yeah. move them diagonal and you take the piece in front of you, or is it... So, when you have two pawns, pawns of opposing forward. colors next to each other, so this is the... So, up and if up and down is direction of the board, right? Yeah. And you have two pawns of different colors side by side, one can pass around the other and, like, diagonal. merge into that one's lane, and you get to take the other piece. Gotcha. That, that's what it is. Okay, all right, yeah. I knew there was a weird diagonal move that you can do to take a piece that's, like, next to you or in front of you or something. Yeah, so next to you. Okay. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, I never got to use that move. So I found it out. I'm very surprised by this. Vertical Entertainment is a film distributor based out of Santa Monica. Founded in 2012. Why are you surprised that? Pretty new. (laughs) Well, my, my assumption was that they were, I saw them on a couple trailers now. I'm like, oh, maybe they're using the the pandemic and they're in an advantageous position where they can get films out and, um, you know, sort of be disruptive here. But if they're in California, they're not, they don't have any freedom to do quarantine stuff. No. <laughs> California's crunched down hard. All they're doing is say, sit on your couches and watch Netflix, please, for the love of God. Don't go outside. Remember when everyone praised California so much for how they, you know, locked down super early and now they're still <laughs> fucked? And they were good. Almost <laughs> like it doesn't really fucking matter. Yeah. Should be noted. Vertical also uh, released... Ar- they were the ones who released Archive. Yes. Um, I They've done a lot of stuff. But when you're a distribution company... You have to distribute movies, and they ain't all gonna be hits. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, I like. Although Archive did get decent reviews. What was mm-hmm. Archive again? It that was, was the, the one, one we... with the Android. Yeah, we talked about it a couple, yeah. uh, a week or so, a week or two ago. Um, I like the producers' names: R- Rich Richard B. Goldberg and Mitch Boudin. Boudin. Oh, it's yeah, like poutine, but different. Um. Also, like something else, but get but different. Uh, get dunked, which is uh, like hot fuzz, but different. Duked. What? Okay, Duked? I have not seen this Duked. one. Yeah. So get duped. Not this is dunked. weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, it's, <laughs> it's a comedy. Um, in the same vein as Hot Fuzz, about a camping trip with some youths in the Highlands of Scotland. And then there is a uh, society of masked boomers who hunt millennials and other undesirables. <laughs> um, the Eddie Izzard is is the primary actor from the, for the one guy, and uh, it's a it's a goofy take on a movie like The Hunt or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, very similar to Hot Fuzz and in its own sort of ways and uh it looks funny it looks entertaining i think it's coming to prime uh video so i think it could be something that we check out it might not be a terrible waste of time yeah Uh, it's got those weird like like smash cut special effects yeah it's it's edited takes you out of the movie a little bit but it's for there for comedic purposes yeah, it's it's edited with a frenetic pace, to be sure. Um, yeah. But I think it looks pretty good. Um, the the, uh, the zeitgeist in the comment section here seems to to follow that. Uh, and who you know, Scottish people are just funny in general. They talk funny, they act funny. So I don't see how it's possible for this movie not to be funny. The first comment: Never seen a murder before. I'm homeschooled. <laughs> That's a quote from the movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think this is. I, I'm probably gonna check this one out too. Yeah. So maybe, maybe we can do like a review of it because I'm interested in these kind of uh, movies. That, you know, the some of this humor is always like hit 
different with me, I think. Like, I appreciate the, the cleverness of some of the comedy of it. Instead of, like, the ha-ha, need a laugh track to yeah. keep going. So what you're saying is it's, of... it's hit or miss, and I guess I I guess I never miss. <laughs> Peter, you fucking TikToker. Save her while it lasts. It's going to go away soon, Jake. <laughs> no, it won't. <laughs> Goodbye, we'll Tencent. TikTok, <laughs> WeChat, out of here. <laughs> talk about that during gaming news. Or, I don't fucking know. Oh, God. <laughs> like 45 days. I hope it doesn't, like, America doesn't buy it. Like, cause that's one of the, that's one of the rumors that are floating around. That they're just going to smash and grab. They're going to break up the company. Like, now we own TikTok. I guess we're talking right. about it. So ten, with Tencent, <laughs> or no, ByteDance is uh, divesting. Uh, or plant sort of planning on divesting and like they're going to be selling to Microsoft but the government has been trying to push that sale and try to force them into a sale that they might not be ready for so if they're like they haven't reached a final price yet they might be forced to sell a little bit lower to Microsoft uh, and then Microsoft would own the um, Australian uh, Canadian and US market because uh, that's the ones that they'd be divesting. And I think if they... I, I think I actually think ByteDance is just going to sue, whether or not they sell or not. They're going to sue the government. Probably. But by the time that reaches court, <laughs> it might yeah, be too, no. too late. Well, they're probably going to sell. I, I, I can't imagine them not selling, to be honest. Especially if they've already been in talks. But Just cut your losses. Well... The uh, the U.S. market is a huge uh, market for them, so if it does get banned in the U.S., it's like they're they're losing out on a lot of money. So they might as well get something for it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You yeah. cut your losses on that. Yeah. Like, even if you sue and you win, it's going to be a very long, drawn out, expensive legal battle. Mm-hmm. So you're probably better off just taking a, I'm sure, sizable offer from Microsoft. And, you know, focusing, refocusing on the markets that you still can focus on. Yeah, sure. And that's been, uh, that's been business planning with the Saturn stunts. <laughs> uh, coming off the heels of the Get Duked trailer. <laughs> Just, which is, if you've seen the Get Duked trailer, you're like, this is bizarre. <laughs> yeah, much like uh, they're thinking of ending TikTok. Uh, the lady and I'm thinking of ending things is thinking of ending things. So this movie is a adaptation of a Canadian horror book. Uh, and I read the plot synopsis of the book and it seems like creepy as fuck, uh, which I guess fits this trailer because this trailer also was very creepy. Uh, this is not the kind of movie that I would watch, but having read the synopsis of the book... And seeing this trailer uh, seems to have done a pretty good job of representing the novel. I think people who are into psychological horror will really enjoy this. Mm -hmm. But that ain't me, Chief. (laughs) This seems like another really, really bizarre movie that's just going to be like, there's going to be hidden messages everywhere and like uh, a lot of breakdown stuff. Just like people are going to read into this. You're going to see like 10 videos about Huh? Drums or mental? Drums Mentioned or mental. a breakdown. 
Yeah. <laughs> so I just it, in the middle of a movie. Fucking fantastic. But like you had this like this and the trailer itself was like really creepy. Like you had the um the dog shaking uh sound going throughout the entire trailer, which was like well, not the entire trailer. After you yeah. see the dog, that sound goes through the the rest oh, of the yeah. trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, the parents were just acting creepy. The fucking all the characters were just it was like something out of a silent hill game. Uh oh yeah. Just, really fucking uh creepy and like if it if it follows the book closely it's gonna be one hell of a mindfuck ending and you're right jake there are gonna be people doing um thinking of ending things ending explained videos for about (laughs) six months afterwards (laughs) things you didn't find like after the first 10 viewings of it it's like the dog represented jesus i don't fucking know it's all <laughs> some crazy stuff. It's it's gonna be a lot of mental stuff though, probably. But a lot I'm of, a interested lot of... to see how they they edit this movie. Like in the trailer, it looked like it was gonna be a pretty linear course of events. But my understanding was that in the book, the events that are happening that you're following are separated by um, strangers discussing the aftermath of said events. Oh, like Victorian horror. Yeah. Very sure. classic. Um, so I wonder if they do that or to save it for the end. Uh, it'll be pretty interesting to see how, how this is received. Um, yeah, I think, I think, uh, there's certainly, it, this looks good. Like, even if it's not a movie that I would ever really watch, um, I can recognize that it seems like it's a quality adaptation of a very unique source material. So I think, yeah. I think there's going to be definite audience that's going to enjoy this greatly. Much better than fucking Kajillionaire, whatever the fuck (laughs) shit trailers we got last week. Jesus Christ, that was terrible. They were pretty bad. And Chemical Hearts and After We Collided. Oh my god, Chemical Hearts. I forgot about that one. Because it's so so forgettable. (laughs) Yeah. These definitely, I think, are not going to be forgettable. You have the nice, good couple biopics. Well, one good biopic. Yeah, we um, also have uh, a documentary coming out that Peter shared with us uh, called oh, Robin's yeah. Wish about uh, Robin Williams' final days and uh, oh, you know what exactly went on with his uh, his health at the end yeah. there and uh, definitely not something you're going to be able to watch without is, having a nice box of tissues next to you. This is less of a biopic, more of a... Like a straight Yeah. Documentary retrospective on his life. Uh, they go through. They have a lot of footage of his um, uh, early works as a comedian, and some of the people he worked with, and some stuff that he said. Probably interviews. They have clips of interviews, probably, and then uh, probably some, some uh, I guess interviews with people who knew him right up until the end. Yeah, I mean, man had a forty-plus year career yeah. in show business. So you got a lot of footage to work with there. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, that looks. Get your tissues ready. I mean, good, yeah. but like in a way that you're gonna you're gonna have a good cry. <laughs> you're gonna get it all out. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And I'll clear this up for anyone. I feel like it it deserves mentioning because I think there's still a lot of misinformation about it out there. Um, he committed suicide, but it wasn't like straight depression. He just he wasn't like secretly depressed, and we didn't all know it. 
Um, he was dying of Louis body dementia. His brain was melting in his skull, basically. And, uh, so like he was, it wasn't like chronic. I'm sad. I'm going to kill myself. It was Mm. something a lot worse. Although, you know, there is, uh, it's not exactly wrong to say that he was depressed because he did have a history and struggle with depression from my understanding. Yes. Um, but yes, it was not. It's not like he killed himself because he was depressed. He killed himself because he had degenerative brain disease. Uh, that that like, is exacerbated every problem that a person, awful. any any you know person on a, on the the sort of middle range of of any number of manageable problems, they become unmanageable when you have something when you have a disease of that magnitude. Yeah, it's fucking terrifying to think about that. That is a thing that can happen to someone. Um, and I'm actually, you know, yeah, obviously you're never glad that someone's dead, but, uh, a high profile enough celebrity having something like this brings a lot of awareness to something that I don't think a lot of people know about. Mm-hmm. <coughs> yeah, and again, it's, it's just a terrifying concept. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I mean, what would we have rather seen him like just completely out of it and just brain? I mean, he probably had a shortened life. I did not know about that actually. To be honest, um, exactly, and that's why I yeah. brought it up. I I don't I, I'm surprised that that's not like spread more often. Uh, told because more often that... there was an it's it's just the way the media coverage works. You know, they run with this narrative for as like when Michael Jackson died. You know, there was all this stuff like did his doctor kill him or mm, yeah. all this stupid shit. Um, and they pick it up and they run with it, and then you know. No, there's no journalistic integrity anymore, so they never come out and like issue a retraction or say, "Hey, we fucked up." They just ignore yeah. that. They maybe report on the new development, but it doesn't get a tenth of the as much, time. Yeah, yeah that their wild conspiracy theory did. And in this case, it was particularly easy, I would say, because um, all you had to do was say, you know, you put anyone who does like very surface level skimming of the research. And what was going on, you know, surface level investigating those. Okay, he had depression at some point in his life, and he committed suicide. And then you just fill in all the blanks in between. Those are pretty easy dots to connect, even if it's not necessarily the right, the correct information. I mean, like, you can't really fault someone for making that assumption, but you can fault them for reporting it as fact and not bothering to do yeah. any deeper investigation on it. Not to, not to give the full analysis of the situation, which was, you know, he just found out he had this awful disease, and, you know, for him, rather than... There's probably a large portion of him that thought, you know what, I'm not going to spend the rest of my life being taken care of and being a burden on people and not knowing what's going to be going on, because that's scary. That that is a terrifying thing to to go on, go on with. I mean, Kristen works with dementia patients all the time, and and it's sad that when they don't know that their don't know that their husbands are dead, and and don't know who their kids are, can't recognize anybody, and they're just like, man, I wonder if they if they were in a clear state of mind, what they would rather have. But yeah, it's a very frightening to think about i think yeah. dementia uh and alzheimer's are just two of the scariest things that and lou Gehrig's disease are like two of the things that i would never 
want to have to encounter in one of my family members or myself because you're in the case of ALS your body just shuts down stops working and in the case of dementia and Alzheimer's your brain just shuts down it stops working you lose pieces of yourself and that's just again terrifying to think about oh yeah but you know what dementia doesn't do turn you into a horror movie old people killer (laughs) yes that's true you're not going to run the world's most violent homeowners association these people definitely did not have any sort of cognitive founder of the militant wing of the salvation (laughs) army They don't have Louis body dementia, but they may have Lewis's body in the basement. We're talking about the owners. Oh, Come on out. Da, 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 da. The price is right. They just run down with just a fucking, with like a Winchester. They just start <laughs> shooting into the crowd. <laughs> I want. One dollar, Bob. Like, One dollar. Like a Japanese game show, but that's like, that's like Thunderdome or like the Warriors. <laughs> It's like American you... Gladiators, but like ten times as violent. Yes. Cross between American ba- Gladiators and Battle Royale. We are. I mean, we're in like a fucking RoboCop universe already. We're just. It's. We're in a nightmare dystopia of of media insanity. Just have actual fucking death matches on TV. We're about there. Yeah, I think you could reasonably see. You know, I don't know that I would necessarily immediately recognize it as an Onion article. There was an Onion article about uh, a senator proposing Thunderdome-style death matches between death row inmates. <laughs> I don't know that I'd be able to immediately dismiss that as satire. <laughs> no, we got uh, The Floor is Lava instead there. <laughs> oh, my. I see that recommended on Hulu all the time. I'm like, they did not. The floor is Lava. Or Netflix, whatever. <laughs> They did not, yeah, on Hulu sure it's, it's Extreme Tag, but on Netflix oh, yes. it's Floor's Water. Yeah, wait, wait, like, like, when you say Extreme Tag, are you talking about Professional Chase Tag? I or assume like... so. I've never okay. watched an episode of it, but I... I watched it the other night. <laughs> it's really bizarre. Has, wait, yeah, because I've, I've seen a, like, a championship tag match, like Ocho-style, like, team tag, and it's... It's weirdly compelling. So I tell you like what, a, all this shit looks like. I think we're like months away from actually getting ESPN eight the Ocho with please. all this shit. Well, ESPN one was running fucking marble races at one point because there was no sports, well, Peter. <laughs> yes, that's fine. Somebody, we got to get our fix somehow. I want. I I think they don't they do it for like one day a year sometimes. They're like a couple for like a week. They're like, we're just we're making this channel the Ocho and we're doing crazy sports this week. I not in my familiarity, but perhaps I haven't watched ESPN and with regularity in a long time. Um, But yeah, the okay, wait. Oh, oh, here we go. All right. What are you looking at? I, this is from a day ago. OK. Oh, God. Ocho less. No more. ESPN drops surprise ESPN 8, the Ocho television schedule, for 8-8. That's today, kids. Oh. ESPN 2 is becoming the Ocho for today. (laughs) All today. So tune in. 
Get on your Hulu. Fucking and forget our stream, man. You gotta watch the Ocho. <laughs> Here's the lineup this year. The lineup here is so we got we're starting off reasonable with the world deadlift attempt. Okay, that's um, that's a real sport. The Arnold Strongman classic. Again. Um very, then you have the twenty nineteen grit and wit uh national college championship. So it's obstacle courses plus puzzles. Oh Jesus. So it's basically a D and D dungeon. <laughs> Um, then you have the Ohio Grocery Baggers Bowl 2020. That sounds like fucking chess boxing. Like, chess boxing is fucking wild. Yeah. Uh, but the Grocery Baggers Bowl, listen to this. 30 contestants face off to win the coveted Ceramic Bag Award and a $1,000 trip to San Diego to compete for the National Bagging Championship at the NGA's National Convention. Why would you want a ceramic bag? <laughs> oh. <laughs> ceramic bag that sounds terrible <laughs> it'd be it's, really heavy and not functional as a pack i'm gonna read the instantly. rest of the lineup but someone please look up that award and share that image i want to see what it looks like because i have to talk about the uh 2019 itsf foosball world cup okay um tell me about it it's the 2019. So this is a replay of last year's international foosball champion. Well, I can't imagine they'd be holding in, a foosball championship in these trying in COVID Mur- times. In Murica, Murica, Spain, or as I like to pronounce it, Murica. And then following that, the documentary of foosball called Foosballers <laughs> takes a deep dive into the underground world of professional table soccer following six of the top players as they prepare for the Tornado World Championships. I cannot find the Ceramic Bag Award. Um, in fact, when I search that in Google, the fourth hit is the article you are reading. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, God. And there right, are a few here's... Etsy shops selling ceramic sculptures of shopping bags. Yeah, I can't... <laughs> So here's the full lineup. Here's so that was those were the highlights, but this is the full not lineup. So you got E60 ESPN8, which has cheese rolling, frog jumping, and Japanese monster wrestling. Then we have the World Deadlift champ, uh, champ. and then we have the Grit and Wit Grocery Baggers, and then at 5:30 it's Stupid Robot Fighting League 2019. I think you really buried the lead, lead there with the Japanese monster wrestling. <laughs> let's uh, let's look that up. That's at oh two o'clock. God. Um, yeah, we gotta be fucking done by two, guys. <laughs> I don't know what I expected, but I found pictures of the Ohio grocers. So it's, it's pro wrestling, better. but with a kaiju style. Like like Lucha Underground, but if it was all kaiju. That sounds amazing. <laughs> um, Gel's Marble Runs, so yes. 2019... Then the Death Diving World Championship from 2019. Then it's a full hour of Slippery Stairs. Which, if you've watched Slippery Stairs... You <laughs> I know love it's just... Slippery Stairs. I love Slippery Stairs. <laughs> slippery Stairs is amazing. And then it's uh, Foosball to close out the night. What a lineup, kids. What a powerhouse. Oh my god, this better do Gangbusters ratings. I want a dedicated Ocho channel, because I... I don't think I'm going to be able to live my life regularly after I watch Japanese monster wrestling <laughs> and a full hour of slippery stairs. Do we have to? Do we have to do a Saturn Slam to cover the monster wrestling? We might. We might have to. But we still need to do mind games. We forgot about that this month. That's on us. That's right. 
We've been yeah. busy. SummerSlam's um, coming up too. That's a whole fucking yeah. Thing. Yeah, we're, we're talking we're about the owners. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we were actually. There's not, there's not a whole lot about the owners. It's uh, some kids break into a house trying to steal money. The people come back and they're actually like psychopaths and they are killing the people who broke in. So I don't have a whole lot of sympathy. It's another one of those movies like Don't Breathe where you're really, there's no one to root for. <laughs> yeah, no one to root for. Yeah, the people who own the house suck. The people who broke into the house suck. Everybody sucks. Let's just hope there's no turkey basters full of cum in this one. Oh, uh, well, you know what? A girl can dream. <laughs> um... <laughs> Let's follow up on that with the follow-up, which is our uh, critical and financial uh, follow-up segment where we look at some of these movies that we've discussed on Trey Watch. And although in COVID times we have not discussed many of these movies, the re-releases are back this weekend. I don't know why Box Office Mojo uh, just haphazardly decides when and when not to count them as actual movies that are out in cinemas, but they're back here. However... Uh, the Goonies falls $140,000 short in its bid to dethrone the rental, um, which grossed 290000 down 28% from last week. But the Goonies 2020 re-release is in second with 150 k Jurassic Park re-release uh, in third with 117 k Back to the Future only bring in $107,000, but that's good enough to beat out Greece, which is in fifth with 102. Uh, the Big Ugly down 34.9% to just shy of 100 grand. Good enough for sixth place. Summerland opening in seventh with $28,881 in 99 theaters. Good for 291 average take per theater. It's another IFC film, and it's also our spotlight film, because unfortunately, Killer Raccoons 2, Dark Christmas in the Dark, did not have enough reviews for us to cover on the segment. (laughs) I so desperately wanted it to, but it only had two reviews, a one star and a ten star. (laughs) We have to bump those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers. So unfortunately... We are reviewing the far less interesting war drama of Summerland, or taking a closer look at it. Uh, Summerland currently has a 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb, released July 31st, 2020. It is a drama war film starring Gamma Artson and directed by Jessica Swale. Um, I see and we will take a look at some user reviews, how this segment works. I read a couple of positive user reviews. Jake reads a couple of negative user reviews. And Peter reads some middling reviews so we can examine uh, what's really going on with this movie. Because, you know, critics, critics are critics. They all got their, they all share their same hive mind and they, they push their agendas. But users, users in IMDb, that's the real heartland of America right there. That's where you get the truth. (laughs) Um, The truth come out. (laughs) The rumor come out. How far would go to be famous? Um, I'll start off with uh, Game Ad 92067. Uh, His review of Summerland, simply stunning. It's a 10 out of 10 from August the 2nd. 
Summerland is simply the most beautiful movie I've seen in ages. It's stunning. Not stunning enough to warrant an exclamation point, mind you, but stunning. <laughs> uh, the story, comma, the characters, no comma, and the happy ending. That's that's its own sentence. Uh, diagram that one for me. It's everything I've ever wanted with three exclamation points. Uh, so beautiful. So, so beautiful. Uh, I legit can't stop crying, but they are happy tears. My heart feels all warm and cozy and happy after watching this movie. I'm ready to rewatch it over and over again. Two out of seven found that helpful. Well, somebody disagrees with you, and I don't have to look far because there's only one one-star review. So one out of ten by Yvette Langbridge. Yvette Langbridge. Okay. Dreadful, period. That was without a doubt one of the worst films I've seen in a long time. Poor production values, more than a bending of the knee to PC, poor costume and sets, and let's not get into poor Frank's hair with like eight exclamation marks. It's a lot. Continuity should be sacked. Perhaps they were? And using the woolly hats didn't hide anything. The whole cast and crew rap report should read, must try harder. Wow, that read like a Trump tweet. Four out of 34 found that helpful. That was amazing. That sounds like the great... 34 people rated that? Four out of 34 people. They were all looking looking at the... They're like, what's the bad review on this? Most found it not helpful. When there's um, only one one-star review, that's going to draw attention. Well, I'll boast, I'll bolster your views, Jake, because here's an 8 out of 10 review, and I want you to listen carefully, because this is apparently what an 8 out of 10 review sounds like, from uh, Dad Alt D 65804 8 out of 10. Oh, yes, I... Nostalgia overshadows story. A sweet, good-spirited film, to be sure, but predictable for the most part. The bookend, pro, and epilogue, besides being cliched, add so little to the main story as to be superfluous. Better more time had been spent on developing a more nuanced protagonist, here simplistically drawn with broad strokes. And far better we understand that character, because the flashbacks were also more developed as well. Love Miss Emra, and developing their love and the deeper issues that tear them apart would have added a much greater resonance to the main story. Not surprised it was an original screenplay and not based on a novel, which might have given greater depth and reality to the story. Eight I, out of ten. I had saw that, seen that one, but uh, I didn't feel it gave me enough uh, comedy to work with. There's not. It's they're all fucking. None of these. None of these are fun. These are all dads and moms who went out to the independent movie theater. Or had it at home on the weekend. They got their Apple TV. They pulled this up and they're like, we're going to have kettle chips and sit on the couch and have a glass of cider and watch this movie. <laughs> My dad loves kettle chips. Right? I mean, Thank God. That's less, of, that's less of a stereotype thing and more of just everyone loves kettle that's chips. That's just a fact of life. 
Um, I do I'm, enjoy some Gettleberg. I'm not going to read this whole 9 out of 10 review from Slang Cares, but I want you to keep in mind the pre- the thesis statement uh, here of Art- Arterton and Swale are a duo to be reckoned with. The direct, this directorial debut by Jessica Swale offers the viewers some main takeaways. Very strong acting from Phil Lee Gemma Arterton, a real powerhouse of an actor, and one we can see welcome an Oscar to Rome. Uh, and she goes on to praise the director quite a bit. But uh, Boris the Moggy, with his 8 out of 10 review, uh, beautiful, lovely story, uh, has a different take on, on the director. I watched this for one reason alone, Gemma Arterton. However, instead of enjoying looking at her, comma M for some reason, I was transfixed by her character. She reminded me very strongly of a character in Dini in a Dini Costaloli movie. The dialogue is a bit weak in patches and the direction is lacking in a big way. This would be a blockbuster movie had the direction and dialogue been better. However, the cast, mainly Arterton, floated this story right through my emotions and form a quick look at a beautiful lady. It turned out to be an immersion in a beautiful tale. Bring out your happy. Watch this film. Wow. That is, first of all, grammar, of course. That was definitely run through Google Translate, but also... Are these not, like, the most disparaging high reviews I've ever heard for a movie so far? These are pretty, like... Disdainful. This is, this is like an IGN review score, where, like... Or, like, remember that scene in The Critic? It's like, what if I didn't like it? That's what the thumbs up is for. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Exactly. Uh, so, I had to search a little bit for, for this one. Three out of ten. Uh, sentimental mush with plot holes aplenty by postmortem books. So this actually sounds like maybe somebody who has some, some try because it's also a longer review and anybody who cares yeah. about writing this much probably has stake in the matter. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> Starting it off with oh dear, that's, I want to punch a, her in the face. That's a bang, banger for start. Is that like oh. a Gordon Ramsay? Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh, so dear. beautiful. Oh, bother. Oh, dear. This was our first venture back into the cinema since the easing of the lockdown, and perhaps we were too eager to see something, anything, and should have been a little more discerning in our choice. Oh, yeah, they're pretentious. Like much of the film industry, this movie now reflects a PC wokeness that precludes accurate historical referencing. Sadly, it holds a film below the waterline as the viewer can feel preached to. The character of the 10-year-old girl, Eddie, is so 21st century postmodern feminist that the message incoming alarm goes off more than once with the words that no child of that age or that period would ever come out with. I can't really elaborate on the plot holes without revealing spoilers, but one one has to question how Alice drive around the countryside how Alice drive around the countryside and up to London on what would have been very limited petrol supply. 
chasing this. a train in a car from the Sussex coast up to London and then supposedly arriving at Victoria Station at the same time? Give me strength. The surprise ending was flagged up way before I was enmeshed in the sentimental mush that was washing up on the shores of this offering. Oh my god, this guy, listen, this sentence is fucking amazing. This man has great diction, I'll give him that. He does. He's got... Big diction. <laughs> Big Before diction I was energy. Enmeshed in this sentimental mush that was washing up on the shores of this offering. Man. Gemma Arton portrays a character that, despite everything, remains unsympathetic. Tom Courtenay, who is making a specialization in late life bumbling, sweet also, uh, characters, also stars. Yeah, this person uh, is totally British. They spelled specialization with an S, not a Z. And then... Uh, and, and also other British stuff he used. Yeah. Fuck, Shit. dude. Yep. I just feel like Gordon Ramsay told me I'm an idiot sandwich. Man, that, like... <sighs> <laughs> I love how he said like being preached to, but like I feel preached to after, I after feel, that review. Yeah. Post-modernist feminist views. Ah, eh. I mean, eh. it's, it's entirely I possible. What those words. <laughs> I don't know if they know what those words mean. Yeah, I don't know um, if post-modernism but... can really apply to a political movement like that, but maybe. yeah. Oh well. Um, shout out to Ferguson Six with a six out of ten. One, he's one I see a lot. And he always does long ass reviews, and you know he does it a lot because he's got he's got a tagline when he starts out, which is "Greetings again from the darkness." Oh, oh God dear. Um, and then he goes on to have a one, two, three, four, five paragraph, uh, the fucking review where he's citing the the actor's previous appearances, and like it's it's fucking. Go ahead. If you want to actually read one, read one. But I'm going to read the one from Hualalala Lima. <laughs> Wait, no, it's. I'm sorry. I, I read that wrong. It's Hualalala Mima. Oh, yes. Put some, Summerland, 6 out of 10. Okay. Put some respect on the name. Respect on the name. Hualalala Mima. Uh, I was trying so hard to not be like this, and it was just like that, especially in the end. The honey was awkward, but Alice and Frank were very comfortable with each other, and I really liked it. One out of two found this helpful. I'm, 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 I'm thinking that's going to be one out of five because I did not glean anything from that. <laughs> we should rate these. We should, st- we, we should make IMDb accounts and then rate, share the permalinks, and we should rate these reviews as we read them, based on whether or not we found them helpful. We should Amazing. influence the trend. We need to be Perfect. social media influencers any way we can. <laughs> Alrighty. Influence IMDb world. Um, all right, so that was the seventh uh, ranked movie. Uh, beating out the Wretched, which has fallen to 13,000. Relic, uh, just behind it with 9,000. They fell far. Uh, they were in fourth and third, respectively, last week. Damn, oh, yeah. Uh, well, Relic dropped like a fucking stone. Jesus, down to 85%. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. The Grizzlies, which I assume is a movie about bears. Nope, it is a small Arctic town struggling at the highest suicide rate in North America. A group of Inuit students' lives are transformed when they are introduced to the sport of lacrosse. So no, not at all about bears. <laughs> yeah, bear. A little bit of Paddington, right? <laughs> What the well, that was a swing and a miss on my part. <laughs> that was a hard <laughs> turn. What, is this movie about bears? Oh, no. Oh, oh no. no. Killing it, it, it's killing themselves, but they're saved by lacrosse. It's fucking uh, Killer Instinct or whatever. Or I Critical like Thinking. <laughs> Archer would watch that movie, and he would he would talk about it. It's like, lacrosse That's, saves lives, Lana. Lacrosse saves lives, Lana. You ever seen Grizzlies, Lana? Those Inuits were killing themselves. <laughs> and then he knows, like, everything there is about the situation. And it's oh like, <laughs> he starts naming them off. That's a perfect Archer joke. You're right. Holy shit. <laughs> um, and then uh, in 11th, we have Killer Raccoons 2, Dark Christmas in the Dark, which unfortunately, again, only has two IMDb user reviews. IMDb users, if you can hear my voice, we are calling upon you to submit in a pattern of middling, high, and low reviews enough so that we can cover this movie on our show. Give us something we can work with. Oh my god, this has the longest fucking summary I've ever oh, seen on Box Office Mojo. Let me read this to y'all. On a yeah. snowy Christmas Eve, a former mild-mannered... He's formerly mild-mannered... Uh, he's a real asshole now. <laughs> Former mild mayor college student Casey Smallwood is released from prison after serving 10 years for underage drinking. What the fuck? Is this the Footloose Town? What? Uh, eager to get out of town. Uh, yeah, I would be too if they sentenced me to 10 years for underage drinking. He hops on the express train to Washington, D.C., but after the Holiday Express takes off, it's hijacked by an angry gang of domestic terrorists and highly intelligent government-trained raccoons. Not one to back down from a raccoon fight, Casey joins forces with a porter on the train to fight the terrorists. We should watch this. I feel like we have to. We'll submit our I own mean, IMDb user reviews. It, it, yeah. it does follow our train motif that we've been having. Yeah, that, that through line that we've had here. Um, Secretly, we were, we're a train the entire time. It's all trains. Always has been. Um, what we found is in 12th, opens in 12th, followed all the way down to 13th, uh, guest artist and the truth round out. The rest of the box office. Uh, usually we stop at the top ten, but it's been so long since we've had ten movies, I forgot that that's how we do it. <laughs> I just got excited. Got a little excited. A... I swear this never up. happens. I, yeah, I usually have got the stamina to, to go. Or the discipline, I guess. Um, all right. Not a lot going on in the world of gaming this week. Uh, the major story was the, uh, the fatwa that Trump put out on Tencent. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Which is not expected to bleed into video games too much. According, yeah, I, I don't think it should. I mean, it, there's really no no data, not a whole lot of data collection from, because uh, I mean that's what this all boils down to is is they don't want China uh, getting our data. 
Yeah. Uh, and, and getting, I don't know, psychological profiles on everybody on TikTok, but who cares? I don't know. Um, I, I'd say the, the one big news uh, that happened just the other day was uh, Dr. Disrespect came back uh, and is now streaming on YouTube. Mm. Um, and uh, he's notable for uh, being one of the biggest streamers on Twitch. Uh, and he was not one of the ones that moved over to Mixer, even though I believe he was offered a pretty sizable uh, amount to go over. Instead, he signed a contract with Twitch, which basically became useless once Mixer... Uh, you know, went belly up, and I th- people have been speculating that's why they banned him to break the contract. But he's now going to be in a legal dispute because Twitch has given no no uh, reason, reason, yeah, why t- why they banned Twitch, and and this is over like months. This is like, yeah, like he has had a history with Twitch not being particularly happy with the way he conducts his channel, um. And then when you couple with that the fact that he, um, you know, was banned under such mysterious circumstances, it does kind of, you know, raise your eyebrow a little bit. Be like, hey, this is really on the up and up here. Yeah, it was very, very sudden. It was a random stream, nothing notable. And um, I think people were noticing him, like, kind of freak out on his last stream on Twitch. Uh, what he says is that he started, um, he, the way he found out was he was on somebody else's stream and some of his, uh, functions started going away. Like he couldn't, he couldn't do certain things. And then he got the email shortly after that, uh, that he had been permanently banned with no reason. They reached out to Twitch. They gave no reason. Um, it's just like, imagine your boss just like locking the doors and you're not allowed in anymore and just like looking at you from the other side and just saying bye <laughs> staring you Welcome down an alpha move yeah, yeah it's kind of it's kind of messed Sounds up like but... something would happen on the simpsons yeah right yeah that does sound uh, very so sims me he's probably gonna make tons of money on youtube now uh maybe he'll sign a contract with youtube uh, i don't know if youtube do that. does that uh they have been doing certain partnerships with like PewDiePie to start streaming. Um, I don't know how many they have, how many people are contracted with them, but I think they're going to start doing it more often to try to compete with uh, Twitch. Maybe. YouTube is so, Google in general is just so start and stop with its projects. Like they gave a big push to YouTube gaming and it was its own app and its own service. And then they rolled it into the regular YouTube and yeah. you know, like it's it's not exactly um, something that I feel is a guarantee that they're going to hand out all these contracts because they have not exactly shown a uh, a willingness to invest long term in these projects. Maybe now they sm- with Mixer Gun they smell blood in the water and they want to at least climb to number two over Facebook Gaming. So perhaps they'll be in a more spendy mood, but I don't know. Uh, Take two. The people who started this whole next-gen games will cost $70 fiasco uh, has backed down from that, um, saying they will evaluate on a title-by-title basis. So, Oh, good. uh, It seems like 
with Ubisoft coming out saying, well, at least this is going to stay at 60 bucks. Um, take two is feeling some pressure to kind of walk back from their $70 uh, price hike. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think it's good too because, like, you can talk about rising development costs and adjusting for inflation. Well, that's all true. People's discretionary income has also not adjusted with inflation at all. So, like, that people just don't have a lot of money for the seventy dollars game, and it's gonna be worse for you as a publisher if all your games cost $70 because it's going to eat into your own sales. There's a thing about selling volume, larger volume, at smaller margins. Yes. Um, one of the one of the games we've played here uh, quite often, Borderlands 3, is now free to play for the weekend. They say the weekend, but I think it extends a little bit more than that. It's also fifty um, percent off on Steam. Yeah, um, so it's on Stadia and Steam. On Steam, it ends August twelfth uh, uh, at various times, depending on your your region. So I don't want to give exact numbers, uh, but about August twelfth is when it ends. It started uh, a couple days ago. Uh, it's also free to play on Xbox and PlayStation Four, but that's only through the weekend. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just looked yesterday, and it turns out I have 154 hours played on Borderlands 3. Yeah. <laughs> I should see how many hours I have on that. It's probably similar. Um, Facebook Hopefully. Gaming finally clears the Apple hurdle and is now arriving in the App Store. Microsoft and Facebook have been railing against Apple all week for their stupid App Store rules. I didn't really read too much into it, but I saw Apple being stupid. I'm like, yeah, it's probably legit. <laughs> Um, but they finally got their app in there. Uh, we have a pretty much confirmed release date for the 3000 series NVIDIA cards. No prices yet, but uh, we should find that out pretty soon, seeing as how the cards are believed to be releasing September 17th, or oh, wow. perhaps as early as the 9th of September. Uh, actually, yes, the announcement is September is been officially set for September 9th. Uh, so that's that's exciting. Uh, Gamers Nexus broke that story, I believe. Uh, so, you know, that's credible information. Um, it should be good. I think, you know, right now with my 1080 Ti, I think whatever, whatever they come out with, I am good waiting a year uh, for supply to settle and price to settle before I look at an upgrade. Uh, Jake's probably okay. He just upgraded to a 2070 Super, so I don't think he's going to need to worry about that for another few years. But Peter's 980 is getting a little long in the tooth, so uh, I'm interested in watching the 3060 to see what value it could possibly bring for Peter. (laughs) (laughs) Just fucking go from zero to hero. That'd That'd be a really good card. If it's at the right price, yeah. If it's if it's true, if it's at the right price, if it's true and it performs about as good as a 1080 at like a a more reasonable price and has ray tracing and all the architectural benefits, then you know that's certainly a really good upgrade for the uh, now I don't know maybe six year old Maxwell card. (laughs) Uh, It is a hand me down for sure. 
that's still like fine. That's as good as a ten sixty. Yes, oh, absolutely. I am. My requirements for performance are not high. But you have that and sweet one hundred and forty four hertz monitor. Don't you want to push all those frames? Oh, <laughs> uh, get that like super this. butter smooth. Um. All right, so yeah, that's that's that. Uh, Rocksteady has confirmed that it's working on a Suicide Squad game. So, all right, the what are we? Some hmm. kind of video game? The, what are we? Some kind of Suicide Squad? The video game. <laughs> so uh, after years of will they or won't they rumors about a Superman game, which have not exactly been quelled by this. Uh, they have announced they are working on a Suicide Squad game, and they did a very cheeky advertisement with their tweet, uh, where they, it was a picture of Superman with his back turned and a Suicide Squad logo on the back of his head that's a target locked. Oh god! Um, what, are they gonna have like kryptonite bullets or something? Well, I I think that was just to poke fun at the fact that they were supposedly working on a Superman game. And it's a Suicide Squad game. I don't think Superman's really going to have a role in the story. Super Side Squad. The Super Squad. We are the Super Squad. Um, so that should be interesting. Rocksteady has earned my uh, benefit of the doubt when it comes to games. And I think a Suicide Squad game could work. Depends on how they want to play it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Nintendo has reported a 428% surge in profits thanks to the lockdown gaming boom. <laughs> I know Peter recently parted with some money into Nintendo's coffers. Yes. Finally getting right, a Switch. Right. So I have some video games that other people can play when they're at my place. I've gotten addicted to... So I've, I got the Clubhouse 51 games as my first one. Um... And I am now addicted to Mahjong. <laughs> I have been playing it for hours. Uh, I want to teach you all how to play because I I'm not good at it, but goddamn, does it 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 gets my it gets my rage going like no other game has. Oh, I just I it I feel like a boomer with the fucking Texas Hold'em thing, with the little Texas Hold'em bit dot matrix games <laughs> that sell for five bucks at the fucking Walmart. I'm like that, but with with a switch. So I'm on the couch. I'm like, damn it, you're fucking. Why are you giving that hand? Don't give me a fucking can, can pone, thrown, reachy. My my switch has basically fucking. become uh the thing that lets me play Slay the Spire on uh, car rides and in the bathroom. It's my Slay the Spire yeah. machine. <laughs> I tried to play Doom 3 on it, but I don't know if it's just the Switch port or if the gunplay on consoles is really that bad, but I couldn't do it. I had to buy it on PC. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing like, you know, mouse look. Like, I will never buy a shooter on sticks. If I have to use sticks, I will not buy a shooter. Yeah, I feel like I'm I'm kinda at that point, but I remember playing Titanfall two and it not being that bad. So maybe it's it's been enough time since then that I'm just like I can't play shooters if it's not on a mouse and keyboard. Um Mm -hmm. but yeah, trying to play that on on the Switch, even with a DualShock 4 controller was just like uh man. 
the the look sensitivity was so hard to dial in and it's not like regular dooms where i can just like fix my my reticule in the middle and then like strafe around like the original doom because like there's changing eye levels and and stuff like that so you need mm -hmm. to be able to aim on the go and i just could not on on the switch um so i just a weird side thing i i just realized why does why are pistol grip mouses not more prominent like where it's an upright mouse and it has two triggers for your right and left click and then the scroll wheel is your thumb um where the hammer would be you mean like a joystick slide it around no but like a joystick pivots on an axis it would be like a joystick except there's no thumb there's no thumb trigger it would be a thumb scroll wheel and you slide it on the mouse pad how would you would you and you would just slide the that doesn't feel particularly comfortable this. yeah now i have seen i have seen upright mouses my remember um yes payton yeah. dr dr payton he had an upright mouse don't you don't that you he like it was more ergonomic don't you move the move the mouse your your you move the mouse using your thumb by like on a trackball or something like that that's a trackball that's like almost a different peripheral entirely oh, okay gotcha gotcha no right um because those are sometimes put on the side as well yeah let me see if i can find a here like um here i'll share a picture of one like the anchor uh for 2.4 G that I shoot you here. Um, one like that. Those are what upright mouses look like. It, looks like a it would be just a different form of that that's more like a like a pistol-y grippy. Yeah, I, I, I personally wouldn't find that comfortable. Just like pantomiming the movement, I can already feel my shoulder being like, yeah, this is not something we're going to enjoy. <laughs> um... Yeah, there are some free games uh, that you can claim this month. Um, Bethesda doesn't give away free games very often, but if you if you don't mind downloading the Bethesda launcher, <laughs> you can get Quake for free uh, this week and August seventh to 9th, So hurry up and claim that if you want the original Quake. Uh, get addicted like Joe Rogan. <laughs> uh, Wilmot's Warehouse will be three on Epic Games. August 6th to the 13th, Total War uh, Saga Troy will be available for free on Epic Games August 13th only. So if you want that game and you don't want to spend any money, circle that day on your calendar. Uh, the Alto Collection will be available from August 8th, that's today, to the 20th. Um, Sludge Life until August 28th, 2021. So that's just going to be free forever, apparently. Um, and then there were some free games for PlayStation and Xbox, if you are so inclined for those. But uh, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't want any of those. Um, and that's uh, that's all I got for stories. Yep. Yeah, it, it's a kind of a story light kind of week. Not, not a whole lot of stuff going Nothing around. Nothing to. Nothing that's um, great, that grabbed my attention this week. It, it, one thing that always grabs my attention is always Halo Infinite news. Um, they're they're just saying that the world is going to be bigger, the campaign's going to be longer than uh, any other one. But you know, okay, sure, make the graphics look good. <laughs> I don't know. Make make, make the encounters the game good. enjoyable to play. Yeah, 
That's yeah. what that was what got everyone fucking jazzed about Combat Evolved was that the the encounters were fun and like you know, just the right amount of challenging. I remember it being really scary too. Maybe I was just young, but like well, when the flood the, hit and like yeah. all the creepy vibes you get like that. I I've been replaying uh Halo 1 2 and now I'm on 3 right now. I just it's finished a classic the, for a reason. Yeah, and and Halo 2, I liked Halo 2 a lot more uh you know, replaying it this time. It's been a while since I've played that game. Uh and the remastered version is just chef's kiss. Oh. Oh, they do some beautiful work with these remasters. Um, and uh, just going from there to Halo 3, it's just like, oh, sad. Because, like, the graphics do take quite a big of a bit of a hit. But it's uh, it's okay. It's all right. It's not a remastered. Uh, and Halo 3 still has a great story to it. And uh, I can't wait to not play Halo 4 and 5. Because <laughs> those are not the good ones. Oh wow! Uh, yeah. Oh, the one thing that my one friend was talking about, uh, and I don't know if you guys are interested in this, was uh, Avengers uh, is getting some news more too. I think they've been releasing oh, some information. How do about we not talk about the fucking uh, Spider-Man drama, the PS, huh? the PlayStation Spider-Man drama for Avengers? Um, What's that? Is it not going to be an Avengers? Is Spider-Man not going to be an so? Avengers? No, Xbox people are pissed about this. Um, so. Spider-Man will show up as a character in Avengers only on the PlayStation. Wow. They aren't replacing with anyone else, but because Sony owns Spider-Man, he's going to be on the PlayStation version of the game. That's shitty. But not the Xbox one. Man, this this reminds me of like... owners are pissed because they're paying the same price for a game with less content. This reminds me of the uh, the one game Soul Calibur. Uh, I don't remember which number it was, but Four. it was whenever they had Yoda and Darth Vader as content exclusives. And mm-hmm. now this one Xbox just doesn't have an exclusive. Because like I guess it'd be better if they had like an exclusive, but like Sony has Spider Man, maybe Xbox has I don't know Pepsi Man, Daredevil. Mountain Dew Man. I yeah, I don't know that Xbox or one of its related properties has a uh, has any of that. But um, that sucks. Yeah, I mean, I, I get, whatever. This isn't <laughs> this is anything new. It sucks, yes, but what are you gonna do? I I don't. Th- I think most people are gonna play it on PlayStation anyway because that's. What majority of people have oh yeah i'm not i'm not here to fucking take a side in the console wars i'm just reporting that the uh i know a lot of xbox people are up in arms and it's not a good sign for the xbox either because a lot of the big complaint at the moment is that xbox has a is bereft of exclusives as a dearth of exclusivos uh that's very very true yeah so it's another it's another like insult to them but uh i I guess new gameplay has come out and um it looks a lot better for uh marvel avengers uh over the 2019 i believe it was uh e3 coverage that kind of had people excited for the concept but 
a little speculative on the uh, uh, how it looked because it didn't it didn't look that. Yeah, a lot amazing. of the character models were just. I I don't know if they were they they didn't look super polished like you would yeah. expect from a game that was so hyped. But I think a lot of people were just kind of upset that they didn't look like the movie characters, Probably. which was never promised. No, I don't know where right. people got this uh, idea from that they were gonna yeah but it's based like on more of the characters. comics than it is on on the than on the movie so if it if it's well yeah but people are dumb jake <laughs> and don't realize these <laughs> yeah. things and they're like it doesn't look like what i know people are simpletons <laughs> but yeah so uh i don't maybe uh, maybe there's unlockable skins that can make your characters look more like the movie to appease the the yeah, maybe monkey brain like, uh... I don't know. Maybe Mobile there'll be like some sort of fucking troglodytes, fucking behemoths, some sort of like mongoloid children. Iron Man don't look skin, cool, but then they can't find the files in some sort of debacle, and it'll be lost, and it'll be the the the, the skin will be lost. Galaxy, yeah. <laughs> Power Rangers is that your, lost galaxy? Is that your your? That's, that's my segue. That's like it's brilliant. Like, uh, sponsored sponsored by Squared Space Segway. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> the Power coffee's Rangers, running out, kids. <laughs> Power Rangers Lost Galaxy, the 1999 season of Power Rangers, the first season that was uh, standalone and not part of the main Zordon era continuity. Although, sort of like I feel like Lightspeed Rescue is really the first first season that's independent because. Mm-hmm. The Space Rangers show back up, but that's a team-up episode that happens every year, pretty much. Um, not every year, though. Jungle Fury did not have a team-up with the Mystic Rangers, now that I'm remembering that, which is interesting. Um, so that happened. Oh, wait. They would have been Operation Over... Whatever. The previous season. That's the, that's the most recent one I've seen that didn't have one. Um, but you had the, the Space Ranger team-up, although that happens normally... But you also had Corone coming back and being a ranger. Um, cool. That was pretty neat. And you had some more. You had the Astro Mega Ship being reused. You had Alpha Six being reused. Uh, it was very, very emotional to see the Astro Mega Ship blown up at the end. I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In uh, space. Slight spoilers, but we will be getting into lots of spoilers. I will say. It's a Twenty year old show. <laughs> and yet I was the... surprised by what happens towards the end. I was surprised by many things. And I think someone who didn't watch a show should well, get the benefit of it. It's a Power of... Rangers trope that the Zords get destroyed at the end of the season. I actually didn't know that. But uh, that's cool. I mean, it happened three times in Mighty Morphin. <laughs> I guess. I just never put the dots together. I never morphed my Zords in my brain. Yeah, I mean they 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 tear it down, especially in these later seasons where they're supposed to be standalone. They tear it down to where, you know, they they don't have to be rangers anymore, sort of thing. Like it makes sense why they're not rangers, but then they show up in the team up episode later, and you're like, oh, I'm happy to see you, but why do you have your powers back? Um, Excuse me. Yeah, so this is this is in the golden era of uh ranger storytelling i'd say um like 98 to 04 was a lot 
better than or 05 really 98 to 05 was a really good run there were a couple ones that i don't remember liking as much but uh aren't necessarily bad i mean we're gonna go through them all so we'll have our own opinions on it but uh this this was a worthy successor to in space and uh hit on a lot of interesting themes and you know I I've alluded to this Disney Brain channel and it's it's a uh, infamous top ten Ranger seasons list and he had Lost Galaxy at four and it's his personal favorite season and I was like I don't remember it being that great but I would have to agree it's at least top five and I think I would probably rank it no lower than four I'm still unsure if I want to put Mighty Morphin at three or at four uh, one and two are set. In Space and Time Force are one and two, and that's just chiseled in stone. <laughs> uh, three to five is a little more open, and then I haven't really thought past five to ten. Uh, that'd probably just be like a order them however I, I need to sort of deal. But uh, yeah, this one's really, really strong, strong themes of uh, like sacrifice, good character arcs. Uh, I think Leo had one of the uh, better character arcs of any Red Ranger because he had to struggle with the fact that he was not chosen to be the Red Ranger yes. originally. Yeah. Um, so that kind of like weighed on him and it pushed him to be to have to be better, to be the best he could be, to prove to himself that he was worthy of the Quasar Saber. And it fucking paid off the big time. He... Like as far as beating the final villain in one of these, this is oh yeah. Journey's End is yeah. probably the best finale in the series. <laughs> yes, like above oh, Countdown to Destruction, which was also really fucking good. Yeah. Like I would put this... this ahead of In Space's finale because goddamn, three parts, all of them really great, high drama, and just wow, yeah. Yeah, perfect so, capstone to Leo's character arc. Mm-hmm. I would describe this show as a porterhouse steak with herb and garlic butter, and then someone put sweet baby rays all over it. Because there's <laughs> that guilty pleasure, cheesy Power Rangers <laughs> silliness that you love, and then sometimes you cut through it and you get that nice slab of raw good stuff. You know that that nice you know rare meat to it um and i yeah like so i heard that they were almost gonna not do this season they're gonna let in space be the end of it they're like all right we're done with this but then in space went gangbusters and they're like oh oh we have to do more of this please yeah we We talked a little about this when we did the in space retrospective but after turbo uh power rangers like the ratings were in decline steadily from like the peak in season two of Mighty Morphin uh, through Zio, and then Turbo was like really low. So they're like, okay, in space, probably going to be our last season. We're going to go all out on this. We're going to do, do our best and we'll see what happens. And it happens that in space is the greatest Power Ranger season ever. And uh, did really well in the ratings. And so Saban and friends were like, all right, We'll we'll do some more, and then Lost Galaxy was the follow up, and uh, they put it in space. So like the Super Sentai that this is based off of, 
is like nature based. It's got nothing to do with space. But since <laughs> in space was so popular, they're like, we have to like set this in space. So we, because clearly that's what made in space popular, not the fact that it was just really well written and had really good characters yeah. and all that. Um, but I think they, I think they actually did help at least a little bit because what they could do is you, they were able to hook it into a lot of good science fantasy, like space operas sort of themes, and also hook into uh, Next Generation, which was very popular. Yes, this was, uh, Discount Riker, uh, as I called him, <laughs> was yeah. a very prominent character. <laughs> like it was absolutely very much um, a lot of a lot took a lot of. Uh, inspiration from from that movie also it took the uniforms from starship troopers oh i love we gotta put that out there that that was even get going (laughs) one of the first thing i noticed was the helmets and i'm like those helmets look really really familiar and then i'm like there's no way and they reuse (laughs) a lot of the costumes and uh armor from starship troopers i was like hey that's pretty cool so it's not the the first time that's is, happened. I think it was done with one other movie or show yeah. or something like that. But uh, it was Power just a Rangers. cool, cool little yeah, thing. See now, the Power Rangers caused the, the split in the timeline. So the Earth Federation is not a fascist dictatorship fighting against bugs. It's a reasonably like peaceful, well maintained society, also yeah. fighting against bugs. Yeah, uh, and pirates. <laughs> As when we get yes, to the Lost Galaxy and arc, fucking pirates, dude. Oh. Uh, Captain Mutiny, what a what a name! The fact that they ever thought he was like peaceful, came in peace, was like I mean, he's called Captain Mutiny. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you don't trust now, the man named Mutiny. No. <laughs> when I talk about steak and sweet baby rays, their entrance scene in that episode was exactly what I'm talking about, where they come down on fucking space rowboats off of the... <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, Kai goes, he goes to the captain, he's like, sir, there's a vessel approaching. He's like, what kind? It's it's a castle, castle. on a dinosaur's back. <laughs> <laughs> and then they come down in space rowboats, and the, and the fucking GSA come out with their lasers, and they're all, like, lined up on the battlements in, like, a firing squad. Yes. <laughs> drop the gangplank (laughs) and i'm like i just watched this and i'm like this is exactly what i signed up for that part was like super corny and cheesy were any of you guys going like why'd you spill your beans yeah yeah yes (laughs) why'd you spill your your accent is so thick it's just it's awesome it's it's great i I, I bad luck to kill a space bird yeah. Kill a space bird. So when we're when we're <laughs> when we do these, they're less like episode by episode reviews and more like retrospective and broad stroke stuff. So we don't worry too mm. much about spoilers. Um, and it helps that this show had like arcs. It it did have like solid arcs. Yeah. Throughout it, I think most of the characters were pretty good. I mean, Leo obviously uh, a lot of focus put on him. Kendricks. Uh, Really good. Uh, Damon, I liked a lot. He had a lot of subtle character moments. Mm-hmm. Um, but he didn't have as many focus episodes as a lot of the other ones. I didn't really... I didn't hate any of the characters, but I thought Kai and Maya were definitely the weakest. Yes. Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. Um, um, Maya was like important, put... though, because she was from that, that 
that she other was from Miranoi, yeah. Miranoi, yeah. and but and, uh, like her thing was she could talk with the beasts, and that was she it. was very in tune with the nature. When you said like the the whole nature based thing, um, I really got that from like Maya, and I could see her really trying to push that narrative of like we have to be careful about you know what we do, mm-hmm. how we interfere with nature, because um, she was really in touch with it. So yeah, uh, that that was kind of interesting. Yeah, and of course. Um, my favorite character was was Magna Defender. We'll talk about that. The arc. the original Magna Defender? Yes. Or Mike. Uh, the the original. Like right. the Lights of Orion arc was my favorite arc of this season. Interesting. I have to say. Besides besides the ending. Um Yeah, so also on the flip side, who is your favorite monster? What was the best monster name? These were less less goofy. These ones were distinctly less goofy. I mean, best monster name probably has to be Motor Mantis. Yeah. Uh, I... Best monster? <laughs> like, do you need weekly monster or like anyone? What one did really gotcha for whatever reason? I liked Villamax. Um, I think Villamax was awesome. He was. He cool. falls into my. They tried a little too hard, I think, with Villamax and Deviat to mirror the Ecliptor Darkonda dynamic from in space and they just weren't as strong of characters uh like villamax was a cool character i like that he had an honor code that he would not betray uh under any circumstances but the reasons like it was kind of weak reasoning for him to just like be so loyal to Drakina because he saved her in a bar fight once yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah um, that friendship My was favorite. a little like forced. I think the, the the friendship or the alliance there was a little forced. But I, I mean, maybe it was somewhere in the montage where they were like paling around. And there was more connections. But mm-hmm. I still have to say, hard to choke is my favorite monster <laughs> name because it's a it's a yeti artichoke. It's named hard to choke. Yeah. How? how why? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Uh, and yes, Villamax also probably was my favorite. Although shout out to Kegler. Kegler was what good. a name. Yeah. Kegler. Uh the I and bef- I think we're about ready to get into the actual meat of this. Um but I need to shout out just the fact that um the the evil ship, the Scorpion Stinger, had no engineers to, of any kind to speak of. <laughs> They just sort of let it go. Well, they were the Stingwingers. <laughs> but, like, when the engine failed, there was literally no one who was like, I know how to... F- I, I have a reasonable idea of how to fix this. Like, Kegler they... was there, but he came on later. Yeah. So I had to think that, like, there was no chief engineer on that ship. Oh, I think they just used the Stingwingers for all those, like, purposes. But since she killed them all to destroy the Zords, there were none left. That's kind of what Villamax's whole point was. Is like, you can't just... Send them that all was, out. That was a little to, out of order. Yeah. Um, let's talk. Let's get into spoilers. Let's get into spoilers. Highly recommended show. Go watch it. Yeah. If you like Power Rangers, if you don't like Power Rangers, it'll surprise you. Yeah. Um. Really good. All right. Let's just. So we talk about the. Let's talk about the lights. We'll talk about break this into major story arcs, uh, because there is a lot of the like, not necessarily filler episodes, because there is like slow progression to the characters throughout the mm-hmm. series um there's two distinct filler arcs that i could tell there's the i call it the color arc which was between lights of orion 
and um, Drakina, or before when she came back, or like, uh, no, between Lights of Orion and Pink Ranger, right? Was I call it the color arc because it was just individual episodes and the characters, and then there was filler episodes in the Lost Galaxy. Yeah, there were a couple. They're like the there was the clip show episode in the Lost yeah. Galaxy arc. Yeah, uh, which was good because like I had watched a bunch of this a lot earlier than Peter and Jake. So when we went to like do the show, like that was a very useful recap to catch me back up and refresh my memory on what had happened to that point. Yeah, I feel like a lot of shows have those where it's like towards the end of the season they have like a hey remember this remember that it's sort of like this and I those have a place uh, yeah sure. it serves it serves yeah. two purposes like when this is being aired serially like this aired from february to december in 1999 yeah. so that's a long stretch mm-hmm. it's useful to remind the viewer of things that happened you know many months ago and it's also a lot easier to produce that episode for the people making it because it's both mostly done yeah. in editing mm-hmm um, yeah, let's talk about the first arc, which is, I guess, the intro arc. Where right. We get to know everybody. So we get to know everyone. Leo uh, is not chosen. So I guess we should set the stage broader first. Yes. So there's a space colony, Terra Venture, that is running its mission to settle a new world for the human race. Uh, Earth is not in any great danger. This is just a scientific pursuit that mm. uh, everyone is... is mm-hmm. That's a common theme in Power Rangers, that humanity is just, they're just doing fine. They've just kind of, they know what they're doing. Yeah. And they're going forward. I uh, appreciate that, considering the state we're in right now. Yeah. <laughs> we would be better off if we all mirrored Power Rangers. Um, And so people are being chosen. Uh, we see uh, Bulk and Skull for a brief cameo. And... Uh, the professor they were working for in space uh, were chosen to board Terra Venture, but Skull oversleeps because uh, his actor wanted out, and that's fine. Yep. And uh, we we get introduced over the course to Mike and uh, Kendricks and Kai and Leo, who was not chosen, but uh, saves an old lady from some street toughs. And nice uh, guy. He's a nice guy, and he sneaks aboard Terra Venture anyway. Commander Paris style, or Lieutenant Paris style. Yeah. And then, uh, meanwhile, elsewhere in the galaxy, we were introduced to the planet Miranoi. And Maya, who will become our Yellow Ranger, uh, they are attacked by... I forget the name. Furio, yes. And he turns everyone to stone just fucks the whole planet yeah and she's like i there's a yeet portal i'm out of here yeah she gets yeeted onto terra venture which is taken off and she meets mike and company and they send a detachment down to miranoi they get there somehow i don't remember i think it's i think there was a warp gate that they went through yeah there was like a portal or something like that that when they were doing training on the moon they were like they were doing the oh, last yeah. training on the moon, and and Leo somehow got got brought into it, and that's when you kind of meet up with. Uh, mm-hmm. I forgot how Damon was brought there. Oh, Damon was brought there He's because when Kai... the Astro Mega ship Kai was yes. in the Astro Mega ship. He's like, "This is a museum, yes. not a fucking thing." And then he <laughs> yeah. gets it running, and then Alpha Six, all that. Yeah. So they pull the swords. Mike 
Kendrick, Maya, Kai, and Damon pull the Krazar Sabers from yeah. the stone. They are chosen to be Power Rangers. Now, you might be like, wait a minute. You guys have been talking about Leo the whole time. Yes. Leo becomes the Ranger because Mike uh, hands him the Quasar Sabers uh, and sacrifices himself so they can get away. Or he's in a pit. He yeah. falls into a, a deep ravine. He's like, ah. Yeah. Then- yeah. He's like, you can do it. I be- It's like, I know you can do it. You're my little brother. I believe in you. Yeah. And, and he has to die now. carry that fucking intense burden the entire yeah. series. Like, holy yeah, shit. This, this begins a a long, a, a theme of just harrowing, like, deep space, like, suffering. Yeah. <laughs> that it ramp it's it goes, it creeps up through the whole season. It ramps up at the end. And then there's an intense moment of catharsis at the last fucking episode. Yeah. And it's some along the way, we will say. Um, yeah, there's there's peaks and valleys, but it definitely like layers on the the existential dread. <laughs> so the show brutally yeah. kills Leo's brother in like the second episode. It's pretty gruesome. He gets squished between rocks that falls into mm-hmm. the deep pit, and I'm like, "Fuck, dude." But they, uh, yeah, the Quasar Sabers <laughs> bestow upon them the Galaxy Morphers, and they become Power Rangers, and they they start winning, winning the days and protecting uh, Terra Venture from Scorpius and his daughter Trakina. Uh, Scorpius, who gets killed off, really pretty early. Like he went out like a bitch. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, Trakina. As soon as I saw her, I was like, yeah, sass appreciate <laughs> she's like she was just like that just like i'm so disinterested i'm a princess i'm just i'm just me and and again she gets like an arc yeah she and does like she gets wowzers. a character arc it's she's not as strong as the arc she's not the villains are not as interesting as they were in in space which is not an insult because in space with the whole dynamic between uh you know the council of evil darkonda ecliptor astronomer they all had very broad and far-reaching character arcs that were consistent with their individual character motivations and it was fantastic and they tried to replicate a lot of that with lost galaxy but they just didn't quite nail it as hard which is not to say they were bad just it's sort of not as good as the best medieval intrigue in the court of scorpius kind of turned out to be where there's like everyone scheming and going behind each other's backs Drakeen is trying to make a like a power play for the throne. Yeah. Well, she was she was kind of like disinterested in. in it wasn't doing, until she got trained she by wanted, Max. She wanted. Oh yeah, the, she was daddy's girl. She wanted the the like. I don't know how to phrase. It's weird to phrase it like this. She wanted to do evil, but like she didn't want to put in the legwork to like <laughs> exactly do the evil the right way and like be successful in that until. Um, which is, uh, you know, we'll get to this in a bit, but like, you know, until Scorpius dies and then she has to like, kind of take, she's thrust on that throne and it's kind of like, oh shit, now I have to lead this group of, of ragtag people to get the, you know, power. And I'm pissed because, and she's like, now I have killed my dad. Yeah. So now (laughs) she has this like personal vendetta on top of wanting to actually, even though uh, you know, it was Deviant who orchestrated the whole thing because he wanted power, but then halfway through the season, he just they just gave up on that. Yeah, uh, they they really didn't uh, pay off Deviant Flesh. super well. He was um, no little finger. 
from Game he, of Thrones. He was there to just kind of like move villain plots along, which is fine. He did fine as that character, but I feel like they could have done a little bit more with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's skip ahead now to the Lights of Orion arc, where we meet the Magna Defender, uh, and he has a really great backstory, and his his final payoff in the end is great. But it's really hard to take it seriously just because of the design of his son. Yes. Oh, I I screamed. I was like, what the fuck? He's like, got a baby Magna Defender. All right. So we have, we have, it's established that like humans exist or human type people exist on other planets. Um, And it's clear Magna Defender's probably humanoid. He was probably a human underneath. Uh, uh, so why is his five-year-old son wearing a baby Magna Defender costume with a tiny little dagger? They're uh, like the fucking Mandalorians. Or, like when all the little Mandalorians were running around in the helmets. <laughs> this is the way, Jake. This is the way. The fucking Power Rangers way. is Star Wars. They live in the same universe. It's true. They go, the they go I'm to sorry, the Dagobah I'm sorry. I, I find, I found it really hard to connect with when his son dies and like rip, I f- rip Magna Defender's yes. son. I feel for you. I do, bud. But when I see a little kid chasing a big Scorpius slug <laughs> thing with a knife and then he gets zapped and is like, ah! Yeah, like that scene, like I understand the emotion they're going for and it does emotionally rest. They do a better job with like, you know, when his his spirit comes back as he's getting Magna <sighs> Defender's getting ready to sacrifice himself to save Terra Venture. That fucking yeah. I wanna talk about that shot. That's like one of my favorite shots in this whole show is the one they show in the clip show too, where it's like it was almost cinematic where he's like walking with his son and his son gives him the flower. Flowers are a theme in this movie because it is nature themed. Yeah. Um I was like, oh, that makes sense. Flowers and bugs. Oh, uh. but like he's he and the son are walking. He's all he's like, I know what I must do. And then it cuts through the fire. It's like a mask. It's like a wipe through the fire. Mm-hmm. And he's like fucking like he's on his last legs. Everything's dying. He's like, I got to do this. I'm going to die, but I'll I'll save the world with me, you know. And then another wipe, and, and like, it's like he's walking with his son. And my he has soul. Strength. Yeah, they're yeah. just they're just the walking together hand defender. in hand. And you're like, oh, Jesus. Uh, Cats in the Cradle starts playing in the background. <laughs> um, yeah, because he like his his lust for revenge consumes him. Yeah, it, it's a really great character arc, um, and uh, he he gets he destroys he gets destroyed, saving Terra Venture, and Mike is allowed to come back, and he gets the Magna Defender powers. And I like Michael as a character, and I think he's good as a Magna Defender, and I understand that they had to work with the footage they had from the original Super Sentai. And I guess there wasn't a lot of Magna Defender because I felt that he was pretty underutilized after the Lights of Orion arc. Mm-hmm. He had some good mm-hmm. moments here and there, but I felt that Mike as Magna... Mike as Mike used properly. Mike as Magna he, Defender, little underutilized. He kind of came in when he was needed. It was like, oh, going against uh you know, outnumbered like three to one let's bring in mike and yeah the, the again the writers are they're 
you have to be good at being able to splice that shit together. Like we've these seen are in Ninja Operation that it's not that easy. <laughs> yeah. Um. So these guys know. Like I, yeah, I will always uh, award the innovation of these guys for doing a show like this. Um, it's it's quite the feat. Uh, from there, we do. Um, I think this goes into Drakina takes power. Oh well, yeah, Scorpius dies. Uh, and Trakina gets her training from Villa Max, and she returns to assume power and uh, torment the Rangers. That's all that arc. I like Onyx, the the Wild West monster planet, yes. where all the monsters just hang out. That was that was neat. Uh, Trakina gets her ass kicked. Villa Max saves her, and he, and she's like, "Teach me how to fight." And he's like, "Okay, <laughs> fine, yeah, cool." Um. And he, he embarrasses her, but eventually she gets to it, and they, they, for reasons, form a very strong bond during training. And, uh, you know, she takes power. And shortly thereafter, uh, on Deviat's recommendation, and because she's so uh, lustful for revenge against the Rangers, she enlists the Psycho Rangers, who are probably, like, one of the greatest villains in the entire series of Power Rangers just for their their feats and in space alone would put them in that category and then what they do in Lost Galaxy just like sets it over the edge yeah a quick note before that we have the, what I call the color filler arc where we go on individual characters um, shout out to um, I think the courage of green or something like that green's courage was that the one um, with the kid no, it's the one where uh, Damon goes over to the Scorpion Stinger to fix their engine. Oh, right. Now, it seems like a nothing episode, but um, I was, like, fucking around on IMDb, and I learned that Amy Miller, who played Drakina, uh, got married to uh, Raleigh... Uh, wait, um, what's his name? Oh, shoot. Um, uh, da, 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 Reggie da, da, da. Raleigh? Reggie Raleigh, yeah. They got married during this, and... Um, Reggie, Reggie came back and Amy didn't. But I feel like they got to this and the producer's like, we need filler episodes. And those two are hanging out in the room and they're like, we'll do whatever, but can we have one where we both have like a scene together? And we get to like, we have like, we get to act at each other. And he's like, yeah, sure, what the, whatever the fuck, sure. I feel like that's the, that's the behind the scenes story of how this episode was made. Yeah. Um, yeah, she didn't come back for the, uh, team up episode in Lightspeed Rescue because she felt that Trakina was very underwritten in that and yes that's true like that was as far as team up episodes go that's a team up between two of my favorite rager teams but it's terrible and it's all because of the way they decided to structure the story mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's it's really heartbreaking well I guess we'll cross that bridge when we come to yeah, it yeah next whenever next we we do one of these just we'll have it running in the mm-hmm. background and then when we're ready we'll be like okay we're ready um yeah and uh that leads into the space so the psycho rangers show up and the spy- space rangers show back up and it's a two episode thing where they all team up and they're able to defeat the psycho rangers really cool to see the space rangers back um although I have to ask all right so as the kickoff to this Andros gives um, Deviant the box that holds the Psycho Rangers mind cards. Now, did he know that they were in there? I would have to assume not. 
Yeah, because, like, he would never give that away if he knew that was what he was selling, like... Wait, Andros gave those away? Yeah, he was the guy in the hood. He's like, I'm selling you the box. Yeah, I would have to assume that he would, after all the the shit they put him through, that he would never release that into the world again. <laughs> yeah, and he, I, to his credit, when he sees it open, he's immediately like, I gotta fucking kill you, and he tries taking Devon out. Yeah. But Devon's like, nope, blaster, blaster. So he gets out, the Psycho Rangers... Just they they overmatch and overwhelm the Galaxy Rangers. They get captured, uh, and a daring rescue between the Corbett brothers and Andros frees them. <laughs> and then the rest of the Space Rangers show up, and they do the really awesome lineup where they all they do their individual morphing sequences, and they're all in a line, and the colored smoke plumes up behind them, and it's like yeah. <laughs> and they defeat the Psycho Rangers, um, and. Uh, the day is saved. They all they all hang out together. They ask if the space rangers can stay, but they're like, no, we've got we got to get back to Earth, and and we're needed there. Uh, but Psycho Pink survived the destruction, and she finds the what's what was the name of the sword? The Savage Sword. The Savage Sword. Yeah, Rip straight from fucking Ninja Operation Two. <laughs> yeah, which gets more powerful the more you use it. Oh yeah, it wasn't Andros. It was someone else. Damn. Okay. Well, that that makes it better. Yeah. No. yeah. And, okay. I not. appreciate that. No. Uh, Andros when, was when in a hood, but he was not. Andros popped up when um, Red Ranger was attacked by the Psycho Red, and okay. I think Andros. No, Andros wasn't spying on this, was he? He may have been. That may have been how he knew about it. How he knew about it and knew to go back to the Astro Mega ship. Yeah. Um, but Psycho Pink finds the Savage Sword, and then the two Pink Rangers, Casey and Kendricks, go to uh, confront Psycho Pink, and the other Rangers show up later to help them uh, subdue her. But the Casey's morpher is pinned under the Savage Sword, and it's creating this crazy resonance that's threatening to destroy everything. So Kendricks has to sacrifice herself to stop this. Mm-hmm. And it's a very powerful. She dies. So she straight up dies. So, um, she comes back as a ghost too. Valerie Vernon, ghost. who plays Kendricks, okay. uh, was diagnosed with leukemia. Rough. At this time. Oh, okay. So, uh, they wrote her off so she could get treatment, but they continued to credit her in every episode so they could pay for her treatments. That's oh, that's awesome! Fucking noble. And good fucking job. And uh, she she recovered. She she one hundred percent cancer free, and uh, so oh. she was able to come back at the final episode. That's <laughs> that makes that final episode uh, just that much more amazing. Yeah. Wow. Um. That's fucking great. Um. Yeah, because she show she's like a morph. She's like a grid ghost. It comes in at, at various points. Um, and we get into the, yeah, we get into the Corone Pink Ranger arc uh, where she has to assume the role and she takes it on and Kendricks is like, you can do it. I believe in you. I'm in a wonderful place. I was like, yeah, Morphin Grid. Yeah. You know, but and she continues, by fucking, 
She continues it, to play like other characters in uh, Power Rangers too. She's in Time Force and Lightspeed Rescue. Um, well, she yeah, shows up like in the Team Up episode or... in Lightspeed Rescue. She's, and... she's also a villain like Temptracor, Temptressa, Contemptra. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, like Walter Jones, the original Black Ranger. He came back to Power Rangers, uh, and like voiced a ton of villains, uh, very quietly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. But again, another like heartwarming and also cheesy moment. I laughed. I howled like a like a fucking monkey when I saw this happen. Uh, so Caron's she's fighting them and she's at the edge of the cliff. And Deviant or someone shoots a blaster and she falls off the cliff and she's like, "I'm going. I'm gonna die." And then she just stops in midair and Kendrix is just there. She's her force ghost <laughs> is just holding on and holding her up. I'm like. I, just something about the absurdity of yeah. it. I just lost it. Like I was, wonder, I was wondering when I was watching. Like, okay, how's she gonna get out of this? Because I know she becomes the Pink Ranger. Um, right. And then, of course, the answer was Force Ghosts. <laughs> I gotcha. Uh, and then that oh. kicks off to they. They do a couple more character episodes, and you can tell the character episodes because they just. It's the cheat code. They discover the cheat code where they just go lights of eye in power-up mode and they beat the monster and then the monster grows and they whip its ass in the Megazord. And that's how every single character episode ends. Yep. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like 15 like minutes of where... like character story and then like 10 minutes of Oh, this. let's morph lights of Orion, activate power-up mode, <laughs> Megazord. Do everything done. in our ability. Well, we beat them as a normal form, boss form now, Megazord. Except for the one where Leo learns the important value of riding a horse. And he has a horse battle <laughs> with the Iceman. The Winhoff comes back. and <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, oh yeah and then we do the lost galaxy arc with captain mutiny and the swabbies which i liked a lot I, uh, with the swabby is that what the name of the they're the, called uh, the swabbies are like little minions yeah it was uh, dude those this character designs shit starts to scared me scared. yeah like uh, uh huxaba or whatever um the the gypsy one like with the dreams and shit oh like, yeah they do the fucking they do the fucking Nightmare on Elm Street thing where they merge their dreamscapes to yep. fucking defeat the monster. Like, I like... They did a lot of, like, neat let's try this sort of thing in, in that arc, and I liked it quite a bit. Because it's nice, too, to break it up because, uh, you know, it gives Drakina time to, like, put her plan together, and then there was a lot of drama. It's like, we might not get out of this. <laughs> yeah, they start... Ra- this is where they start really ratcheting it up, and I'm like... They start losing engines. There is that. There is a moment that gave me as a as a man who works in as an engineer and works in a process, you know, industrial setting, uh, gave me a gave me palpitations when they go to the supervisor and he says, "We've got a problem with our fuel tanks." He's like, "All right, how long do we have?" They're like, "A day." Well, what now? Like, if someone came to me and said, "We're gonna shut down in a day." I would fucking I like I just leave I would take two shots I'd go and just take <laughs> shots for an hour and then come back and like fuck how am I gonna solve this? Yeah. So props to Captain Stan for not having a heart attack right there. It's like you could tell it was getting to him like his normal like sturm level headed like you could tell he was getting a little more anxious and that's great. Yeah, uh, it was a great character. All the characters were great in this. It's very mm-hmm. golden. Like I said, golden age of Power Rangers storytelling right here. 
Um, and uh, so we fast forward a little bit to the end sequence here, which is just whew, what a what a last chapter. Yeah, they fucking uh, they just yeah journey's end. That's what they it discover. Is. They've well, as it turns out, Miranoi. Yeah, uh, but they're right. like they they're losing engines first off they're like down to one they're if they yeah, don't find we're going nowhere soon, slowly fucked. as he put it <laughs> <laughs> so they find a verdant planet they're they're finally they have a chance all they need to do is land and they can settle down and they can they'll be ready is this after there. after they went through that one portal yeah oh we should mention that magna defender yeah. sacrifices his powers or Mike sacrifices Magna Defended powers to keep the Lost Galaxy portal open. I thought he was dead, like dead, dead. Yeah, so uh, oh, yeah. I thought he'd it was like dead. this I mean, the second time he's dead. That's what they were implying. <laughs> and then he f- then it lasted an the episode Leo finds him Leo, floating in space. And I was like, suspension of disbelief. Oh, there are plenty of There's moments where there and should like, be vacuum being pulled, but that just did. didn't happen. We don't worry too uh, much like, about <laughs> explosive decompression like, or the uh, vacuum space in this. It's like lanterns, you know? They they have just a personal energy field yeah. that keeps the air in. Fuck it. I'm so mad. I wanted Mike to die so much. I was like, finally, they did it. Wow, they killed somebody. He's definitely gone forever. Oh. So um, he, makes, he makes the grand nevertheless, sacrifice. It's dire. Yeah. It's dire out here. If unless they can land, Trakina's like full out assault mode now. She's like Terra Venture is donezo. Yeah, because she, she finally goes. goes she into merges the with, yeah, she merges with a deviant and goes psycho cyber insane. Yeah, and I had to check. I had to recheck to make sure that this movie, this show, came out before two thousand one because she sends literal suicide bombers to destroy the city. Yeah, and I'm just sitting here like, oh god, <laughs> oh, god. this would not. I need to know this kid not have flown after two thousand one. This absolutely could not, and it didn't. This was ninety nine. It, it was still the nineties. Um, so then, then yeah. they, don't they crash Terra Venture on? Yeah, they a blow moon? up they most blow of up fucking Terra Venture. cracks. They have to evacuate. They're in a mad dash in space shuttles to try to make mm-hmm. it to Miranoi, and then they're just sitting ducks. They've got no on protection. Yeah. Oh yeah, from the moon they go down. Yeah. Yeah, and fucking. The Megazords get destroyed. They get overwhelmed by these suicide bombers. They've got, like, nothing left. And Drakina, they finally manage to... they By blowing up the Astro... By fucking pulling the last Jedi and turning the fucking Astro Mega ship <laughs> into a fucking 40 megaton ordinance, they, <laughs> they blow up Drakina's ship and then desperately... She merges. Oh, we forgot to talk about Villamax's great character payoff, where yeah. he saves a oh, little yeah, kid, yeah. and he's like, "We can't do it. There are innocent people. Your beef is with the Rangers, not with the people of Terra Venture." Yeah. And and they fight, and he he's so honorable that he will not strike her. Uh, he's he would Jeez. rather die than sacrifice his principles. And die he does. Yeah, <laughs> she just mercs his ass. Although like he showed him, he showed that he probably could have defeated her had he wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he's he's an honorable man, and again the flower theme comes out. Um, there's a part of me that was like, "Wait, Phil Max, you were in on all her other schemes to like, like, you know, run amok on Terra Venture. 
You didn't, you didn't think about well, it Well, the then. goal was always... It's well, like, yeah, I mean, he didn't have the experience with that child at that point. He didn't realize, I don't think, that there were people other than the Rangers on Terra Venture because the, how would he have known about Terra Venture on Onyx? Like, all he knew was what Drakina had told him. The Red Ranger killed now, my dad. I want revenge. They live on Terra Venture. He's like, okay, sure. All right. I have a question because I just formed a headcanon right now. Now, when when defender junior did he like totally blow up or was he like was he just downed i i think did, he did got we see his body explode vaporized yeah okay because that would be a great headcan the villamax was defender junior that would be although he that would be weird with him as the yes ghost, that wouldn't really but... work with that but that's that's you know i mean they already did that with astronomer so fuck it yeah um um yeah, so they so it's they, the third episode starts with Drakina, Monster Drakina, just and Leo both alone on the moon, and it's they're both getting ready because shit's gonna go down. Yeah, he follows her footprints back into Terra Venture, and she mm-hmm. somehow powers Terra Venture back up, and is getting set to He's crash staff, it into Miranoi. <laughs> I understand why Scorpius was so stoked to get her in there because if she could do shit like that, yeah, uh, she was yeah, really I'd powerful. I want my daughter to be able to have that power too. Yeah, yeah. She does lose all of her humanity though. Yes, yep. and her beauty, which was a big thing for her. There was a whole That's episode true. about how she wanted to be the most beautiful in in the cosmos, and she stole the beauty from mm-hmm. ladies in Terra Venture. Um. So she's at a point where she's willing to sacrifice all her humanity, all her beauty to achieve ultimate power. And then in a fucking final duel of fates, Leo squares off with Monster Trakina and wins by fucking point blank shooting her with his battleizer and blowing himself up in the process. He survives, barely, but yeah, he's yeah. got a cracked helmet and everything. Man, just execution style. Yep. He grabs her in with the hook, and he's like, I can't miss. And he puts everything into in. it, and he fires. And there's, like, two inches of space between them. And you're like, holy <laughs> shit. Because he's the whole series, he's watched his brother... He watched his brother sacrifice himself twice. He watched Kendrick's, mm. whose entire character, up to the point she dies, was showing how selfless she was. And, like, of course, yes, Kendricks would be the one to sacrifice herself in that situation. And he's seen all this shit, and he's like, okay, now is my time to definitively prove that I was worthy of being the Red Ranger. And he just fucking pulls the trigger. And, like, and at this point, my nerves are frayed. I'm like, this is crazy. This is This is a harrowing space experience for everyone involved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But ter- the dome is still on a crash course to fucking Earth. Yes. Not or not Earth, Miranoi, and gonna destroy the colony. And yeah. and they're doing everything they can to slow it down, but nothing's working. They're just trying everything and it's just not happening. But then the Galaxy Megasword, which survived the other two megazords were destroyed, but the Galaxy Megasword survives and slows it down just enough to where it was able to divert it away from the colony number one and allow the rangers to escape number two. And so they do, and then the galaxy beasts lead them back. They discover it's Miranoi. They return the quasar sabers. Everyone gets unstoned, and then we assume they live on in peace and harmony for the rest of their yeah. days. Yeah. yeah. And Kendrick comes back. This was fucking amazing to me. Because 
as they landed, I was like, so it's the end of the season. Are they ever going to... F- they were going to finish up Maya's plotline with like the dudes. It's kind of like, I guess they forgot about that or something. And this was on the last episode. Yeah. And then they lead them to the village. And I'm like, Oh, oh shit. no the fucking way. Twist. They actually just paid that off. Like, all yeah, the they... way from season, all the way from downtown. <laughs> yeah. yeah they do really Coming in <laughs> slam dunk. <laughs> they fixed. And then Kendrick's comes back, which now is like even more impactful. Now that I know that story. Yeah. And we're all like, everyone's been restored to whole, but changed, and they're on a new world with the infinite future ahead of them and great possibilities for humanity. And then just fireworks show up, and that's the last yep. fucking frame of this show. Fireworks. And I'm like, it's it's like it's five in the morning. I finished this at five this morning, and I'm like, Jesus. you fucking earned those fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> Good goddamn. Yeah, yeah, this was this is great. I you know what talking about it now, I think I have to. I would put this number three behind Time Force as the third best Power Rangers season ever. And then I would put Mighty Morphin yeah. at number four, and I think SPD at five. That or Dino Thunder. That's that's a coin flip for me. Um. But yeah, this is definitely this is a top five. Or if you're a fan of Power Rangers and you somehow haven't watched this or you just want an excuse to rewatch it, go for it. Mm-hmm. If you're not like super into Power Rangers, you've watched a couple seasons, you've watched the seasons we've watched, definitely just dive into this. This mm-hmm. is great. And it's it's easy. It's, awesome. it's easy to binge. God gave me a gift. I binge Power Rangers well. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and if you if you just want to taste, just watch the intro. That's one of the most triumphant, like yes. one of the more triumphant Power Rangers. It's, themes. it's a banger. Every time it came on, just hype. Yeah. Far far um, away. There's a movie about this. There is. Do you want to? I think there's a movie about this. Um, oh, this is news. Let me make sure. Me. Uh, Return of the Magna Defender. Oh, that was so. That was um, what they would do around this time is for they would package home video releases around certain Whoa. episodes, and sometimes those okay. would come out before those episodes aired. So it would be like your first look at something. They did something similar the following season in Lightspeed Rescue with the Titanium Ranger. His debut aired okay. on home cassette. I think like couple months before the episodes aired oh interesting um so yeah that's that's how that that works all right so yeah at some point down the line we will have a review of lightspeed rescue which is one of my personal favorite seasons it's not like as good as this or in space but it it's the first season i remember physically watching through all the way because i would have been old enough to have developed and form memories at that point in time <laughs> Um. Yeah. So this was this was a great ride. Uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Well, going back watching through this, and uh, we'll be back next week with more stuff. Check out our stream tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We will be streaming something. I have a few contenders. I think we're gonna. Uh, we've got a we've got a, we'll a a toss up here. I think. Um, I was thinking either Doom Three or Fear. Okay. Uh, we tried I might Fear not once. Be there. Okay. Um, I'm probably not gonna be there. I might show up for a little bit in the beginning. 
uh, wearing a fancy suit. My cousin's getting married. Uh, he's live streaming it on Facebook, and he gave us like five days' notice. So, <laughs> my family's indifferent. <laughs> oh, wow. If anybody in my family is listening to this, you would agree. <laughs> But we're excited. Congratulations, well, congrats to, to, the, to the lovely congrats. boy. Um, we will figure it out for yeah, sure. And uh, and you will see something tonight. Yeah. SaturnStuds.com. Get you the link to our Twitch page, which is twitch.tv backslash SaturnStuds. And our social media, at StudsSaturn on Twitter, uh, Facebook.com backslash SaturnStudsPodcast. Uh, all that fun stuff and more can be found there. And uh, until next time, be well, stay safe, and party like it's 1995. Peace. Bye-bye.